Business has always been about turning a profit, making money. But can it stand for something more? Something beyond dollars and cents? We think so. We think that today, business has a higher calling, a purpose to be fair and just, to do right by their workers, customers, communities, and the environment. And it turns out companies successful doing that also do better for their bottom line. When you see the Just Capital seal, it means this company is a force for good. Visit JustCapital.com to learn more. All right, everyone. Chill. This is the cooler. You're not sending me to the cooler. Of content. Sponsored by Mancini Sleep World. Sleep better, live better. Visit sleepworld.com. And by Marin Health. Marin Health Medical Center and Marin Health Medical Network World Class Care. Closer than you think. On the Sports Leader. All right, the text line darn near melted down during the uh, Bay Area Icons in Other Uniforms segment as Brandon Crawford descends on the Grapefruit League and wears his Cardinal uni. He won't wear the true Cardinal uni because the spring training uniforms are different. I've never liked the Giants black jerseys down there, by the way. Never really? liked them. Yeah. I love the Giants black jerseys. Really? I'm a big fan of black jerseys. Wow. Yeah. Like, Ooh. I'd rather go Black Friday than Orange Friday. Man, oh, man. I don't like them either. Just wear the damn home creams, all right? <laughs> You're a City Connect guy, though, right? Uh, you know. Ah, uh, <sighs> uh, listen. Uh, the hat was okay. Actually, I like their spring training hats this year. I got uh, one. Listen. I got one. I know. You were rocking it, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like we, it. We went out to eggs for breakfast, and I didn't even recognize you. <laughs> I got Declan one of the fit. He likes to wear his. Now, what do you guys call the snapback? That's The snapback has the. It's a snapback. <laughs> what else would you call it? Well, what do you guys call the fitted ones? If like you, if you wear like a seven and a half fitted Giants hat, you call it a fitted. Okay. Yeah. Uh huh. Okay. So what's the which is cooler, a fitted or a snapback? Oh, so that's the thing. I've always been more of a fitted backwards hat kind of guy, yeah. inspired by Ken Griffey Jr. Yeah. But now since I've grown out my hair a little bit, I do like rocking the snapbacks as well. Why? Because it lets your hair breathe a little? Or well, what? I can also adjust it based on the length of my hair if I get a haircut or not. Oh, look at like when thing. I was getting old buzz cut in the fade, like my yeah. head size was the same every single day. But uh, So he get, he goes with the, uh, the fitted. Is that all right? Is that's that all perfectly right? fine. I'm all a right, fitted guy too. I go with the dad hat. The one that has the stretchy back. Oh, is that the one that's pre-bent already? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm not a big bender. I know, bill. right? That's the dad hat, right? Yeah, exactly. That's the dad You got to play your role. I'm more of a California um, flat brim kind of guy. That, so is the 16-year-old. Yeah, yes. exactly. That's the California style right uh, there. All right. Out to the cooler content. So this is actually annoys me. Um, I saw on social media that the match, the golf match was on with Rory McIlroy on TNT. I couldn't find it. <laughs> I was on my TV guide going up and down, up and down, looking for it. I couldn't find it. You just said it was on TNT. Well, that's why I didn't appear on my TNT guide. What time was it on? That's a great question. Did you're you the, watch it? No, you're the golf guy. You're supposed to know I this know. stuff. I know. I kept looking. Was it on, like, tape delay or something? Was it on early? Oh, I don't know. I can tell you I watched Monday Night Raw last night because it was in San Jose down at SAP. You know what I got a, uh, how was it? Oh, it was pretty cool. You know what I got a large, you, you know you what time, even though you're moving into the house to watch Monday Night Raw? Well, because I saw my guy Baby Huey posting stories about it. I was like, oh, this is pretty so cool. your cable's up already? Are you watching No, no, phone? no. This was, I was just watching on my phone through a stream, and you know who was there last night in San Jose? Out of here. Not Brock Purdy. Paul Heyman was oh, there, Oh, darn it. The, yeah, guy, yeah. the guy who okay, said yeah, Brock Purdy's name, Paul Heyman. I shouldn't no, have said that up. Brock Purdy had a tractor up on Bernal Heights, we heard. He's doing a John Deere ad. And somebody wrote in yesterday and said that he actually alerted a dog walker that there was a coyote near the person. I wonder if that's true or not. Anyway. Oh, 100% true. I see coyotes all the time in the I know. City. You think Brock alerted the uh, 
The dog walker? There's a coyote near you? You think he's at the line of scrimmage? Coyote, coyote. <laughs> Omaha, Omaha. You know what I got a big chunk of yesterday? Because uh, I was looking for the darn match and I couldn't find it. <laughs> so I settled on, dude, Rudy. When's the last time you got a good chunk of Rudy? Oh, it's been a while, Murph. And I said, I remember seeing it in the theater wow. with my dear buddy, my long lost pal, Harmsy, who, and I remember leaning over to him halfway through when, when Rudy was breaking in. Remember when he scaled the fence and broke in through the window? And I said to my buddy Harmsy in the theater, I said, I said, Rudy, inspirational story or total psychopath? My God, dude, he does not check the mental aware, mental wellness check in that movie. He, it's the behavior of a, of a guy who's off his rocker. It really is. I'm like, it's hard for me to rally behind this kid. He's got several screws loose. I was going to say, and the fact that he was breaking in, too. I know they did a whole 30 for 30 on the Catholics versus the convicts. I didn't know it was about Rudy. Ah, nice, man. Very good. Anyway, it's just like, I was like, no, it's, it, my memory is correct. He's a psychopath. He's a psychopath. So anyway, <laughs> it was hard to really fire up for that. Anyway, uh, so I couldn't find the match. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I wanted to get this right from real quick. What do you give me for the, the the delusional confidence of a Rudy and a William Hung? That's pretty darn good. I, I had to get it in. Good. I had to get it Somebody in. Somebody wrote in yesterday and said, if William Hung had that much confidence, do you think there was a source? Hey, now. Hey, now. Anyway, the match. Here's Chuck. I guess I missed it. Chuck and Shaq, and they were all doing it. I wasn't there, but this is uh, Chuck insulting Shaq here. Aline Proutter also plays on the LPJ Tour from Germany. Has taught me my favorite German word, oh, Niedpferd. Do I want to know what Your that is? It's hippopotamus. It means the horse of the Nile. Oh, I know a hippopotamus. He works on TNT on Thursday night. <laughs> right, so there it is. Just taking stray taking shots at my guy Shaq. Did Chuck have a cold? He didn't sound right there. He sounded like he was a little nasally. A little I know a hippopotamus. He works on TNT on Thursday night. Yeah, he says a little bit different nasal tone. A little tone stuffed up. By the way, since you have so much experience in golf, have you ever seen Charles Barkley swing a golf club live in person? Not live, no, uh, sadly. And we've been up in Tahoe. I don't know why I've missed it. Hmm. I was too busy playing with your guy Marcus Allen in a pro-am, buddy. That's Kansas City Chief Marcus Allen. Yeah, there you go. Uh, this was the big story last night nationally. It was the Knicks-Pistons game. The Pistons have eight wins this year. They're trying to, like, get to ten. They really are. And they were going to beat the Knicks. They were up one with ten seconds to go. Uh-uh-uh. The Knicks missed a shot. The ball got loose. Asar Thompson, Bay Area's own rookie for the Pistons, corralled the ball. Dante DiVincenzo, forever warrior, crashes into him like a crash test dummy. No call. Steals the ball. Knicks score and win. Monty Williams not happy. Even the ref after the game said, yeah, we completely blew that one. Uh, Monty Williams, does this count as a rant? Check it out. Where's the New York media now? The absolute worst call of the season. No call. And enough's enough. We've, we've done it the right way. <clears throat> we've called the league. We've sent in clips. We're sick of hearing the same stuff over and over again. We had a chance to win the game, <clears throat> and the guy dove into Asar's legs, and there was a no call. That, that's an abomination. You cannot miss that in an NBA game, period. And I'm tired of talking about it. I'm tired of our guys asking me, what more can we do, coach? That situation is exhibit A to what we've been dealing with all season long, and enough's enough. You cannot dive into a guy's legs in a big-time game like that and there be a no-call. It's ridiculous, and we're tired of it. We just want a fair game called, period. And I got nothing else to say. We want a fair game. And that was not fair. I'm done. Up he went and out. Take that for data.
Uh, maybe not quite as memorable as our guy from Toronto, our favorite coach uh, from the Raptors. Complete thrash. Darko was his name. Who? Uh, but I, listen, good rant by Monty. Composed. I love the "Where's the New York Media Now" shot to start. And he's 100% right. There's really just, it's just hilarious. It's just one of the most botched calls you'll oh. see. And it happens at the climax of the game, too. And that's the thing. Think about if the roles were reversed and it was Asar taking out Dante DiVincenzo. Then the New York media would have really blown up, but the Knicks won the game. So that's why the New York media ain't saying nothing. So the Monty Williams Pistons sad tour continues. Eight wins. They're just, they don't even get, can't get an obvious call. Oh. They still have to win two to avoid that nine win Sixers thing. Do we have Darko? Did you find the Raptor? See, here's there's two different ways. Monty was very calm and composed, or you could go this way in Toronto. Thank you, Doug. Thank you, Doug. That's 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 outrageous. What happened tonight? This is completely BS. This is shame. Shame for the referees, shame for the league to allow this. 23 free throws for them, and we get two free throws in in a fourth quarter. Like how to play the game. I, all, I understand uh, respect for all stars and all of that, but we have star players on our team as well. How's possible is Scotty Barnes, who is all-star caliber player in this league, he goes every single time to the rim with force and trying to get, get uh, to, to the rim without flopping and, and not trying to get foul calls. He gets two uh, free throws for the whole game. How's that possible? How are you going to explain that, that to me? They had to win tonight? If that's, if that's the case, just let us know so we don't show up for the game. Just give them a win. But that, that was not fair tonight. And this is not happening first time for us. Scotty Barnes is going to be all-star. He's going to be the face of this league. And what, what's happening over here during whole season, I've been holding you back. It's a complete crap. Yeah, Darko. I mean, that's got to be the rants of the year. It is awesome. And the accent is so charming. I mean, really is, Murph, yes, I was right. just walking around my house watching the All-Star game dropping, Scotty Barnes, there's Scotty Barnes. <laughs> Scotty Barnes is going to be All-Star. He's going to be the face of this well, league. he was at the All-Star game. Yeah, yes, he, he was. was an All-Star. Yes, uh, Scotty Barnes. So, Monty Williams' rant versus Darko's rant in Toronto. Uh, we'll give Darko's style points, but Monty was just as pissed. Where's the New York media now? Uh, all right, guys, should we probably break there mm -hmm. at that? Yeah, okay, we got a couple in there. Um, and that was a fun little cooler of content. We'll, of course, continue to build that during the week. Hey, here's the deal. We got to talk about the basketball game tonight. The Warriors are going to see an old friend. How are you feeling about Jordan Poole? We checked in with a reporter from Washington, D.C. about Jordan Poole's status and how are you feeling about the Warriors' chances tonight to stick one in their old pal, Jordan Poole, who, by the way, we talked about the Pistons with eight wins. The Wizards have nine. I uh, four o'clock tip. Yeah, trouble in paradise for James Wiseman and Jordan Poole. That's right. The Jordan Poole. That was actually a thing Kami brought up in his interview yesterday with uh, Colburn, uh, Tolbert, or with uh, Johnny and Greg that the record of the Warriors of sending away young players is pretty good. They do not flourish elsewhere. It's not like there's not like when when uh, Bobby Evans traded Brian Reynolds to the Pirates and he went up in an All Star outfielder. Yeah. Like Scotty Barnes. Or Zach Wheeler, who we yeah. hear about that every postseason. That one post we knew, though. We wanted Beltron. Yeah, it didn't work yeah, out. Yeah, I get it. I get it. Uh, all right. Jordan Poole revenge game next on the Sports Leader. It's a complete 
crap. The Ed Milet Show showcases the greatest peak performers sharing their journey, knowledge, and thought leadership. This is one of the all-time best pieces of advice ever given on the show. Actor Rain Wilson. The number one thing that psychologists point to with young people of why they are struggling so much in this mental health epidemic is they don't have resilience. So how do you build resilience if you don't understand suffering itself? The Ed Milet Show is available on YouTube or wherever you listen. And Marcus keep rolling on the sports leader and streaming live on YouTube at KNBR 1045. All righty, we got Warrior basketball tonight in Washington, D.C., nation's capital, Warriors, Wizards. You got to go get this one, right? I mean, you got to go get this Wizards are one of the worst teams in basketball. Well, and defensively, they are the worst team in basketball, yeah. yes. So the answer is yes. The Warriors should win tonight. Now, it is going to be an interesting interaction between Draymond Green and Jordan Poole squaring off for the first time, but this is a game the Warriors should win. So, I mean, win. they played together all last year. Is it any different now that he's gone? I mean, like, is there extra tension or I, I less think so. tension? Or? I think there's a different relationship when you're going through a divorce versus post-divorce. I think you're right about that. I think that's a good call. Mm-hmm. Like, you're I trying to so. make it work for the kids. And then and yeah, Jordan and, Poole and Draymond were trying to make it work yeah, for yeah. Steph and Clay. That's a good call. And then, and then you get the divorce. Then you guys move out. Then you wind up seeing your ex at some function. And there's definite tension in the air, oh. right? Yeah, there's definite tension in the 100%. air. hundred percent. So Draymond last time was not around. December 22, the Wizards came to town. Draymond was suspended. Yeah. I mean, Jordan Poole's like, you see? This is why the hell I got out of town. Jordan's like, this is what I was talking about. I, I, I tried telling something. you guys. I tried telling you. Uh, but anyway, he um, he will face him tonight. Yeah. And we will see face-to-face. You know, I, I'm not anticipating any fireworks uh, per se. But, but, I, but I want Draymond to go one-on-one with Jordan Poole tonight. Because we know Draymond can guard all five positions. I want Draymond to be looking for that smoke. I mean, is Poole go, Poole go, he didn't go off on the Giant, on the on the Warriors last time he came through here. No, I think he shot three for 12, three-point range, around like 25 points or something like that. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, it's going good. But listen, guys, here's the deal. We're just catching up on him and how you're feeling about this now. I think it's undeniable the Warriors made a great trade. Right? It's undeniable. They were able to acquire Chris Paul's expiring contract, add to their second unit. Oh, by the way, Chris Paul comes back tonight. How about that? It's the CP3 reunion in Washington, D.C. So we have that going on. And uh, and the fact that Jordan Poole is, seems, I don't want to say regressing, but regressing. He's playing poorly. Without a doubt. Um, so we actually talked to a uh, reporter from Washington, D.C. early this morning, Chase Hughes. He does their um, Wizards reporting for Monumental Sports Network, which is – their equivalent of uh, NBC Sports Barry. Get it? Monumental for the Washington Monument? Ooh, Get it? Nice. All right. There Good you dad go. joke. Good dad joke. By the way, Poole scored 25 in that game, 7 of 21 from the field. Yeah, I think it was three. I think Tony just confirmed, though, three for 12 from three point range. Did not shoot well from behind the arc. Warriors won that game 129, 118. Remember, it was a little bit closer than they wanted it to be. Remember, that it was like a kind of a mucky game. We were like, God, you couldn't put the Warriors away. Back then, they were 14 and 14. Now the Warriors are, what, 27 and 26? Is that what they are now, or 27 and 25? Yeah, Murph, they're somewhat breaking even. (laughs) (laughs) Very good. 29 and 27. So since that game, they've gone 15 and 13. We're expecting them to go on a run, but it's going to be a tough little roadie. I mean, at New York Thursday, and you know you're not getting any calls Mm -hmm. at Madison Square Garden based on Monty Williams' experience last night. Dante DiVincenzo's taking out legs. But you say that we're looking for the Warriors to go on a bit of a run. 
Aren't they technically on a run right now they since are. the return of Draymond Green? Yes, they are. 11-4 in the last 15 games? I guess I was slowed by the uh, Nuggets game. Yeah. Kind and, of, of course, the All-Star break kind of yeah. separated that timeline. But, no, they have – you're right. They're playing much, much better. And, in fact, 8-2. and two, they were t- They're 10 in – let's see. So, they were 8-2 and two coming out of the break, and then they went to 10-2. and 10-3 in the last 13. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's really, really good. So, anyway, uh, Chase Hughes of the uh, Monumental Sports Network talked to us about the Jordan Poole situation. Guy got benched. And he responded by scoring 31 on Sunday, which was a season high. So we asked him, you know, what's the deal? Why did Jordan Poole get benched? Yeah, so it happened at the All-Star break. Uh, Coming out of the All-Star break, I'd kind of heard that they were considering uh, putting him from the starting lineup to the bench uh, in the second half of the year. I I didn't think it would happen so soon, but that's the move they made uh, coming out of it. And the reasoning is, um, obviously, a change of scenery uh, is – something that could help him. He hasn't had uh, the best season offensively. But also, the way they've explained it is that they want him to play more point guard. They want him to play more on the ball. And I didn't realize how much point guard he played in Golden State. I knew he was a combo guard there. But, you know, basketball reference has this position estimate where they have a percentage of a player's minutes at each position. And he's played by far the largest percentage of minutes at the two-guard spot this year than he has his entire career. Usually it's been like 40% point guard, 60% two-guard. This year it's been like up close to 85% at shooting guard. So he's talked about how that could help. So we'll see how it plays out over a large period of time. Yeah, listen, the guy's getting paid no matter what. Four years, 140, right? So it's not like he's crying poor. But it has gone poorly. They're a nine-win team. And across the board, his numbers are down. His field goal percentage right now is 39.9, lowest in his career. I mean, except for his rookie year when he barely played. But he was at 43-44 as a Warrior, 39.9 now as a Wizard. From the stripe, from the three-point line, I should say, from the arc, I should say, he's at 30.9, markedly down from a high of 36.4 during the NBA championship season of 2022. So he's shooting it poorly. He's shooting it uh, funny enough, you'd think he'd be gunning and shooting it more often. He actually is averaging fewer attempts this year than last year, believe it or not. Wow. He's averaging 14.3 attempts this year. He averaged 15.6 last year, which is a lot last year. And I know we talked to guys like Mark Spears when this trade happened. He talked about maybe the idea of Jordan Poole leading the NBA in scoring. It sounded kind of like like a pe- like yeah. But, it, it did, you know, but to be honest with you. He's 67th in the league in scoring. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but exactly. Murph, if I can call up to our friends up in the 209. Hey, I'm not surprised, mother I'm really not surprised because this is Jordan Poole realizing how much harder it is to play in the NBA when you don't have Steph Curry as the gravitational pull pulling all the defenders to you. And also for the anti-Steve Kerr crowd out there that thinks he just shows up, rolls out of bed, and wins championship because he's got Steph and Clay and Draymond, this goes back to the Steve Kerr system. The ticky-tacky Barcelona Spanish-inspired offense where they move the ball around so much that it creates easy shots and easy opportunities, which is one of the reasons why Jordan Poole didn't really fit in too well because he tried to dribble and make so many plays by himself. Now he's doing that in Washington, and he's not getting those same looks. Yeah, and as you pointed out, becoming a meme a lot, too, with a lot of his his, uh, silly antics on the court. He's memeable. Uh, We did ask Chase Hughes of Monumental Sports Network how the fans have reacted by the way, when we asked him, I was like, are there Wizards fans? <laughs> are there? I mean, seriously. Like, I told you, I have my nieces and nephews out there in D.C. They're big sports fans. They never talk Wizards, ever, ever. Why would they? Uh, I mean, listen, the Nats won it in 2019. The Caps won it in 2018. The NFL's the NFL, so the Commanders will always have some degree of interest. But just the Wizards right now, low profile. By the way, shout out Washington having to change two franchise names. You had to go from the Redskins to the Commanders and the Bullets to the Wizards. Wow. 
they got to uh, they got to they got to bone up on their and their nicknames here. But anyway, here's a Chase Hughes on how the fans have reacted. Well, certainly, you know, it hasn't lived up to the expectation, but I, I saw something really interesting just on social media after his last game because it was the first time that he kind of experienced a breakthrough playing off the bench. He had 11 points in three minutes in the fourth quarter. They ended up losing to the Cavaliers, but there was a, a timeout where, you know, he was interacting with the fans. The place was going nuts. They took the lead after he made a big shot. And uh, after the game, you know, he spoke kind of uh, honestly about how he really wants to play well in front of the fans. And there was a lot of support coming out on Twitter uh, from Wizards fans towards him. And obviously, you know, he takes a lot of heat after losses sometimes. He's a very memeable guy, as you guys know very well. But I think Wizards fans, at least there's a good portion of them that have his back and know that it would be really fun if he was playing well because he's got a, a great personality that has always been able to connect with fans. All right, good stuff from uh, Chase Hughes of Washington, D.C. about Jordan Poole, who they will play tonight. Now, Chris and Richmond called in earlier today with the Jordan Poole story, but his uh, his line crapped out. He gets another chance at glory. Chris and Richmond, not many people get another chance, like the Niners getting another chance at the Chiefs. What do you got, Chris? Too soon. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. That's no, good. man, thanks for taking my call. Thanks yeah. for being patient. Um, yeah. I was just going to say thank you from, from the bottom of my heart earlier because – you guys always put on a killer show, Papa, Londa, everybody, the whole crew. And I always, always say to myself, it's so easy. I could do their job. You talk sports. <laughs> and then the Niners lose. And then I find myself not being able to touch a radio or touch a TV for like a week and a half. So <laughs> thank you for what you do because I know you guys are taking it off the chin and still being good sports. Yeah, so. Thanks, Chris. Appreciate yeah, thanks it, man. Thank you. Chris, yeah. Yes, sir. Uh, and then to get on the Jordan Poole thing, very, very funny story. It's the last time he was playing with us. Uh, in the champions uh, championship, and was sitting with my homegirl watching the game, and she's watching. She doesn't really watch a whole lot of basketball. She's like, "That guy's cute. I like his haircut. Those uniform colors are cool, right?" Uh-huh. And um, she's sitting there going, "Why is that? Why is that guy playing like that?" And I looked at her and I was like, "Who?" And she pointed to Jordan Poole. And this dude, I swear to you, man, he's got wide open looks, and he's kicking his leg out trying to draw contact with no one six feet around him. And I look at her, and I'm, like, watching him closer, and she's like, well, is he doing that on purpose? Jeez. Oh, and I'm like, you're right. You don't even watch basketball. Yeah. Like, that's how bad it was. That's when I knew Jordan Poole, like, it's time to go. That's when I knew for sure. I mean, like, you got this chick who's, like, just all about the colors and haircuts and the cuteness, and she's like, that guy's selling. I'm that, like, thank you. That's pretty funny, Chris, because there's that, <laughs> that test, like, not to be sexist and say it's your mom or your grandma, but a non-sports fan, when they notice something, then you know it's breached, seeped into the culture. That's pretty funny. She's, she's like, this guy's shacked in a fool out here, is what she said. That's pretty funny, Chris. Appreciate the call, man. Appreciate you. And by the way, 209 with the text of the day on the Golden State Lumber and Building Material text line says, you noted that Poole has fewer field goal attempts. That's because he loses the ball before approaching before approaching the basket. Oh yeah, that's pretty funny. I it's thought. a pool party. Yeah, but shout funny. out Chris calling in. We know that was a big story with Jordan Poole and the courtside baddies. Looks like he got Chris's girlfriend's or his homegirl's attention also. That's pretty good, man. Uh, it was like when Rory looked up at the All Star game. He goes, "Why are they playing so light?" That's what he kept saying. Uh, uh, hey, former Ace broadcaster Glenn Kuyper joins Papa and Lund today at ten thirty to discuss sitting in with Joe Rizzo on the Giants audio cast yesterday. So Joe Glenn Kuyper is a voice. You will hear on some of these Giants games this spring, and uh, he'll join Papa and Lund about that. Okay, so there you go. Getting you guys ready for Jordan Poole tonight, 
anticipating a Warrior. Are the Warriors favored in that game, by the way? Oh, the come on. they got to be double-digit favorites, I would Do you I touch assume. NBA regular season? Uh, mm. Not too much. I hate spreads in NBAs. If anything, I'm more of a live better on War- NBA games. Warriors 11.5-point favorites. There it is. I knew it. Double so digits. Uh, okay, guys, here's the deal. Uh, 49ers, John Lynch is going to speak today at Indianapolis at 11 a.m. we got questions. We'll lay them out next on KMBR 104.5 and 680, the Sports Leader. Homegirl watching the game, and why is that, why is that guy playing like that? Afford Anything is a podcast that teaches you how to be smart with your money. As a small business, you don't have the resources to pay the level of overhead and for the level of services that a Fortune 500 company could afford. So I certainly understand why, if you want to offer benefits, the providers of that, that that fee is going to be higher because there's more account management per employee. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford anything, wherever you listen. Listen to the Sports Leader anywhere, anytime. Download the KNBR app. Murph and Marcus continue live from the KNBR Casino Matrix Studio. Casino Matrix Progressive Jackpots are here. Where are you? Just drop in. Please play responsibly. 1-800-GAMBLER. Uh, happy Tuesday, everybody. It's got a little bright sunshine out there. Although, you know, it's supposed to be more rain at the end of this week. How about that? Not over yet, buddy. Marcus moving into San Francisco. It's great to have this guy in the city. You think the commute was 10 minutes today? Yeah, I got in right around 10 minutes. Start a stopwatch and uh, get that thing on. I'm looking for under 10. I mean, Murph, I hit a string of green lights up the Embarcadero. I'll get here and listen to it. It's a beautiful thing, man. Oh, it's fantastic. Life-changing. Multiple stories uh, that have grabbed our attention today. Obviously, Jordan Poole going against the Warriors tonight. Should be a fun little reunion. See if he goes for 50 in a losing effort. Uh, obviously, the Giants and Brandon Crawford, a huge story, and we've been talking about that all morning long, and we'll return to that around 9.30. Guys, by the way, uh, some news here. Can I get a little a little uh, sad uh, breaking news here? Uh, this one you do not want to hear at all, that Giant pitcher Tristan Beck, who is going to be a starter and pitched pretty decently last year and was kind of the prize pickup from... Farhan in the Mark Melanson trade, according to Andy Bagley, this hour is returning to San Francisco here because he has right hand discomfort. Uh-oh. Bro, I don't like that yeah, at I all. I don't like hearing anything about discomfort, whether it's the hand of a Tristan Beck or an elbow of a Keaton Winmurf. Dude, that's two of the five starters now are somewhat sidelined. Now, Keaton Wynn was supposed to be minor and he was supposed mm-hmm. to be back maybe later this week, but not yet. And now we got this. I mean, that's what we talked to Farhan about last Friday is the confidence going into the season when, of course, you have Logan Webb as your ace who led Major League Baseball in innings pitched last year. But outside of him, you don't have a single guy that's ever thrown 100 innings at the Major League level. Wow. All right. World Series bound? Mm. What do you think? Mm. Uh, speaking of uh, World Series bound, a team that was in the Super Bowl just a month ago was the 49ers, and that's what we're talking about. As John Lynch will meet the media today at 11 a.m., number one question is D coordinator. Number one, Niners have not hired a defensive coordinator. What is taking so long? You would think this would be kind of priority 1A for Kyle Shanahan to get going, yeah. And especially if we are talking about an internal hire of someone like Nick Sorsen, Johnny Holland, or even Chris Kasarik, it seems to me that they would have made that announcement by now. So this is just me maybe reading the tea leaves. Who knows if I'm right or wrong, but since they haven't announced an internal candidate yet, I would lean more towards them going outside of the building to bring somebody in. Well, there is the uh, Rooney rule. You have to interview at least two minorities and or women for all coordinator positions. So um, you can't just say, hey, Brandon Staley, you're hired. Mm -hmm. 
Um, you know, Nick Sorensen is not a minority. Uh, they have other options in building. Johnny Holland's African-American. We know he's battling multiple myeloma, which is a tough, tough deal. Um, and, and there's a rumor that Jeff Ulbrich is interested or or would be poachable. Now, that's a lateral move. Would the Jets let him go? I don't know. Especially, would you want to le- let a personality hmm. like Jeff Ulbrich go? We were Earlier today, we were saying um, how... You know, they say in U.S. presidential elections, if you look at the history, the person who succeeds a previous president generally is opposite of that person. Like, uh, so they say because, like, people after four years or eight years of a certain style, they're like, I need something different. So it's always like from a Republican to a Democrat, from a loud guy to a quiet guy or whatever. Uh, and it's kind of like you if that applies to D coordinator, Steve Wilkes was kind of a calm, stately guy. He didn't flip out. Well, Jeff Ulbrich might bring back the fire. As we heard on Hard Knocks last summer when he was mic'd up with the Jets, getting ready for a joint practice against, I think it was the, who was it against, like the uh, the Panthers or somebody? I don't know, he was all fired up, though. Check it out. Hey, sometimes you just got to lift your leg and mark your territory. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? No, not the kids. Not no, the kids. Toys. Not the kids. I know. You can on their toys. <laughs> no, we need the longer cut, buddy. That was an abbreviated cut. You got to get the whole concept. Murph so, wants a full old brick experience. So much so that I had taken a bite of a Pop-Tart. I was eating it. So play the longer one here, buddy. Hey, Q. Hey, sometimes you just gotta lift your leg and mark your territory. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. We're in their we're in their backyard, going on the corner, on the on the on the tree, on the porch, on the kids' toys. No, not the kids. Not no, the, the kids. kids' toys. Not the kids. I know you can on their toys. What the hell is he talking about? The back and forth interaction with him and Quinn and Williams, too. Hey, Q, this is what we're going to do. We're going to mark our territory. The innocence of a Quinn and Williams. No, not the kids. Not the kids, Murph. Not the kids. Not the kids. By the way, uh, don't let Jeff Ulbrich near your backyard. Oh. I'll say that right now. <laughs> my backyard. I don't want him around my house. He's going to mark the territory everywhere. Don't let him near your kid's toy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Another one. We had a second one where he was in the film room. Just mother, father, and the bejesus out of the film room here. Yeah. It's the mantra of our defense. Make a mother earn every yard do my job is that good enough no that's the rest of the nfl isn't it do your job do your job that do your job then now what if we all do our job in a little bit more that's 22 playing do you guys feel it guys think about this that's 22 on the field so then the question goes to the offense now what now what? Okay, man, he's on fire. Now, like he was almost going full Marshawn Lynch. Like I'm gonna run through an MFer's face. By the way, I'm looking at um, the stats last year. The Jets were a top ten defense points wise, at least if you go by that stat. Uh, they were top ten in defense points per game. They only allowed fifteen. Let's see. Uh, actually, they were third in the league in points per game, fifteen point eight. So I mean, maybe he is the guy that you need on your porch, peeing on somebody's. Uh, peeing on somebody's toys. Well, that's <laughs> the thing, too, especially with the ties to Robert Sala. Yes. Who, of course. And they were number one in third down percentage. Everybody knows his ties to San Francisco. You look at a guy like D'Amico Ryans. Now, D'Amico and Robert were more of those rah, rah, hyper guys up on the sideline. Going back to Steve Wilkes, he started off the season up in the booth yeah. and didn't have that same kind of mentality. So the connections are there, whether we're talking about Ulbrich whether we're talking about Nick Sorsen being an in-house candidate with his experience, not only with D'Amico Ryans, but with Pete Carroll and that Seattle Seahawks defense, 
The one name that puzzles me, Murph, to be honest with you, has to be Brandon Staley in this conversation. Yeah. Uh, well, he interviewed, apparently, according to Matt Mayoko, and we do have Mayoko sound yesterday with Tolbert and Copes saying that this thing is picking up. Although, again, why isn't it settled by the time they get to Indianapolis? John Lynch is going to talk at 11 a.m. today, and they, they don't have a D coordinator when they're getting ready to do this. Oh, and Murph, What's going on? Yeah. today and actually yesterday it started with defensive linemen and linebackers having team meetings with franchises. So you would assume with defensive linemen, linebackers, and DBs having their team meetings today that they would want to have this D.C. search figured out by now. Yeah, as you're listening to KBR AM and KBR FM San Francisco, the sports leader at Cumulus Media Station, here's Mayoko yesterday. Kyle Shanahan told me that he figures have the process wrapped up by the end of the week. So I don't know if that just means concluding all the interviews and, and having someone hired. That's kind of the way I took it. He's not, he and the staff are not in Indianapolis. It's General Manager John Lynch and the personnel department's here. Okay. Well, that's, um, again, I feel like they're sort of behind the curve on this one. I don't know. Is, are they still in mourning after the loss? I don't know. But that's not the only issue we got to talk about. Good piece in The Athletic today by David Lombardi and Matt Barris about all the things that John Lynch is going to have to talk about. One of the things is injuries. I didn't realize this, that Traverius Ward just posted on social media that he had surgery. And their tech, tech, the, he didn't say what it was. He wrote, surgery was a breeze. But the, uh, the wall behind where his picture is is the Vincera Institute. That's a Philadelphia orthopedic center that specializes in treatment for core injuries. So listen to the amount of injuries they got to deal with there. Armstead, meniscus, knee. Javon Hargrave, torn thumb ligament. Charvarius Ward, perhaps core surgery. Um, Talanoa Hufunga, the ACL. Drake Jackson, the knee surgery. George Kittle, that mysterious upper body injury. And Dre Grinlaw's Achilles tear. Mm-hmm. tear. And even Debo Samuel ended the season kind of banged up with that shoulder injury. Yeah. Did he? Well, he was out for a little bit, and he was nursing. I mean, he got knocked out of the Packers game first round of the playoffs. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Wow, wow, wow. Then, of course, the big one, Ayuk, and what they're going to do with Ayuk. And we had uh, Dan Graziano yesterday talking about how the salary cap rise is, at, at first blush, that's a great idea. It's a great thing. The Warriors are, Niners are in good shape, except for the fact that all agents say, oh, you got more money? Then pay me more money, right? Pay me my money down, as the great Bruce Springsteen would sing. So um, here was Dan Graziano from the NFL Network yesterday talking about, is this first cut about Debo and Ayuk or is it just about Ayuk's salary cap situation? So do you have to make a decision on Debo or Ayuk? We thought the rise in the salary cap means you don't have to make a decision, that they can keep the band together. Even before the salary cap news came out, there were indications from people like Lombardi and some of Lynch's early quotes that they were going to keep the band together for one more year, but then they were going to have to pay the piper at some point. you got to pay Brock Purdy. Now, we know what they've done in 2019 when they traded DeForest Buckner to try to get ahead of the curve and get that first-round draft pick and draft his replacement, and they drafted Javon Kinlaw, and, you know, eh. He he played better, probably his best year as a Niner this past year, but it still was not a dominant year by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah, he never got to that DeForest Buckner level. He played okay in the Super Bowl, Mm -hmm. but okay. He didn't even come close to the DeForest Buckner level. Not even even the same area code. Mm -hmm. So that that was a miss. So if you go ahead and trade Ayuk or Debo and try to draft their replacement, you know, that's something that's on the table. Here was Graziano's take on it. Dan Graziano, ESPN. Very difficult and interesting question because of how different they are as players, right? Yeah. Like our advanced metrics, I think I saw it, like, show Ayuk as one of the most, one of the highest open scores of any receiver in the league, right? Whereas Debo is one of the best yards after catch receivers in the entire, like, so maybe number one for both. So, which guy would you rather have? Which guy is more important in that offense that they run? It's easy to look at what they've done 
since Kyle's been there and say, well, the yards after catch is more important. Um, but it's also a lot harder to rely on, especially as guys get older. You'd much rather be the guy that gets open, right? So, so I think you, know, you can make the case that he's the more valuable guy, and yet Debo does so many things. And the way they perceive their offense, the way they, they imagine themselves to be as an offense um, I know for, from talking to people there that, like, they see De- if Debo and McCaffrey are on the field at the same time, there's so much we could do because they're both Swiss Army knife types and you can line them up anywhere and all that kind of stuff. So he's right. You, you know, if you do have to make a choice, we voted. I voted for Ayuk. You voted for Debo, didn't you? No, I voted to keep Brennan Ayuk oh, okay. over I'm Debo. Sorry. I was confusing with my kid who voted for Debo. He wants to keep Debo. And it is an interesting question if you have to choose one or the other. But I think I agree with Dan's breakdown that in Kyle Shanahan's offense, he's so good at designing plays to get guys open mm-hmm. over the middle in that 10 to 15, 20-yard range. So I think, I don't want to say regardless of who the wide receiver running those routes is, you're going to get those open opportunities. Now, what's the biggest difference that we've seen in this 49er Kyle Shanahan system over the last couple of years is the explosiveness and all that is circled around Brandon Ayuk. We talk to Tim Ryan all the time about Playground Purdy. Well, how often is he directing traffic downfield to Brandon Ayuk getting open because of that separation in his route running? Yeah, it's going to be wild. By the way, so you're already talking about, like, Barrows and Lombardi in this piece start identifying Debo-like players in the draft. I mean, could you start? I mean, it's going to be tough to wave a wand and find a Debo Samuel. Yeah. He's so unique. There is a guy they projected at the end of round one and beginning of round two. Texas is Adonai, Adonai, Adonai Mitchell. Big wide out. And then a kid, Troy Franklin, out of Menlo Atherton. Kid from the Bay Area, from the peninsula, who was up in Oregon. That's a kid that could fit in the Shanahan system. And, and that's another thing, too, to remind ourselves, is that Christian McCaffrey can do a lot of what Debo does. There's not another route runner like Brandon Ayuk on this roster. And they've knocked the wood on Christian McCaffrey. He stayed health, miraculously healthy with that odometer racking up miles and and that's something we should also bring up like i don't want to hit Debo samuel with the injury prone kind of status but he has dealt with numerous injuries throughout his career here in san francisco and with his style of play how he wants to embrace contact so much i don't know how long Debo's going to last to be honest barrows and lombardi identify another guy named uh, malachi corley out of western kentucky he's a receiver who runs like a running back 215 they say he's like a second round type guy Mm. So, I mean, but we're doing that. We're But you need O-line, and you need edge rushers. And you need another corner. I keep going back to what Graziano said at the start of our conversation yesterday when he goes, we were like, yeah, we're not over it yet. He goes, yeah, you lost the Super Bowl in overtime. He's like, doesn't get much harder. I was like, no, <laughs> thanks, dude. thanks for the reminder, Dan. It's just like sometimes when you just lay it out like that, it's like thanks for the sledgehammer right to the stomach. Uh, here's Debo and Ayuk, a blueprint for a trade from Dan Graziano, ESPN. My guess would be the Niners would probably value Debo more because he's that unique player that fits what they're doing. But but I don't think there's any question that they would lose a lot uh, and find out, find it hard to replace a Brandon Ayuk. Now, ideally, what you want to do is what the Vikings did once upon a time, right? They trade Stephon Diggs for a first-round pick that they used to draft Justin Jefferson. That's the blueprint. But, uh, you know, easier said than done. Yeah. So that's what we, all these things John Lynch will address. And as um, as the beat writers have noted, watch what Lynch says about Ayuk. You know, like the way he just shut it down on Debo on uh, Nick Bosa. He ain't going anywhere. Mm-hmm. We're not touching it. He hasn't been that definitive about Ayuk. 
Um, you know, maybe they'll look into something, see what his value is. It's a very intriguing situation. I mean, you'd love to keep the band together, but this past year was the year to keep the band together. This 2020, the season that ended in overtime in Vegas was the band staying together. And, and that's why it's so interesting with the Brandon Ayuk storylines, because this could really go in almost three different directions. They could let his contract play out this year, then maybe sign into extension or even franchise tag him, or with a salary cap increase, they can restructure his contract and give him a contract extension this offseason so that they're not on the books for $14 million guaranteed next season, or they go route number three towards a trade to try to acquire some of the assets yeah. instead of letting Brandon Ayuk walk away for free. Again, Graciano brought up the tra- the salary cap increase. Sounds great on paper, but these guys are going to be like, yeah, just give me give me more money then. <laughs> I'm not going to give you a discount because of that for sure. Uh, 650 says you're totally wrong. Ayuk can't do half the things that Debo can do. Well, that's why I said Chris McCaffrey can do some of those things, and I don't think Debo can have the route-running ability and separation, which we saw in the Super Bowl that Brandon Ayuk has. No, but uh, the idea of having McCaffrey and Ayuk creates one of them being open. Yeah. And if you have only one of them, then you can kind of focus more on that guy, too. Uh, of course, because we know the Kyle Shanahan pre-snap motion, sending yeah. Debo, how much attention he gets to get George Kittle breaking the brackets, going across the middle. One ah, of the things it's, it's a tough decision. It's a really good piece by Barrows and Lombardi because one of the things too is that they they're going to do a little psychological probing on the human fallout of this. Hmm. How are they like? How are they going to pick themselves up? The old fall down nine times, get up ten. Easier said than done when you lose the Super Bowl in the overtime and you've now had two bites at the apple and missed both bites mm-hmm. for sure. Hey, let's uh, squeeze in D- Dwayne and Stockton before we get to Marcus Thompson. Dwayne, good morning. You're on KMBR. How are you, man? Hey, what's up, fellas? Good morning. What's up, Dwayne? A um, couple things, man. You know what? Um, I think Kansas City proved that Debo can be defended. He didn't get a lot of space. He didn't really get open in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like, you know, he doesn't get separation like Ayuk, and Ayuk makes plays. He's a playmaker. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, nobody's mentioning Jawan Jennings and, and how he's playing. Maybe get that guy a bigger role. Maybe you already have it. You know, as far as Wilkes, man, I mean, every day that goes by, it seems like he's getting, it's looking more and more like a scapegoat that the Niners, Shanahan, that was a knee-jerk feelings-type decision because it had been brewing, obviously, but they didn't have no plan. And now they're just, I don't know what they're doing. Nobody knows what they're doing. Um, when they ask Shanahan, he kind of brushes you off and buys himself like another week. Um <laughs> I'm not sure what's going on in San Francisco, fellas. Um, I just want to know what you think about that. Yeah. But, well, Dwayne, um, yeah. San Jose, you know, day by day, it's looking worse. I would agree with you, Dwayne, on this point. Thanks for the call. Appreciate you. Uh, interesting point about Debo. You know, you have that image of him being guarded by Trent McDuffie in the end zone, right? I mean, you're paying uh, a guy over $20 million as a wide receiver. He was targeted 11 times, had three catches for 33 yards. Wow. Uh, and then I, my kid goes back to that Purdy Missed him in the end zone yeah, that one time when on the blitz. Mm-hmm. But um, Dwayne is kind of right. That's been one of my big things in sports forever is that if you fire somebody, do you have a plan in place? Mm-hmm. And Dwayne is correct in that it doesn't appear they had a plan in place, defensive coordinator-wise. I mean, we both thought that we were going to get the D.C. news over the weekend pre-combined. And here we are on Tuesday. John Lynch, as you said, speaking to the media at 11 a.m. today. Still haven't heard anything. Yeah. Uh, four and five says, you guys are dim. You got to go O line, lockdown corner, and that's it. 
He doesn't want any more weapons. I'm fine with that. And 925 says, on the O-line. Uh, Debo all day over Ayuk. Ayuk is a great player, but there's a ton of receivers that can do what he does in his athleticism. I don't know. Brandon Ayuk was second team all pro this year. Yeah, and also his measurables are incredible. His his uh, wingspan, his vertical. I mean, he's a tremendous athlete. He was very coveted coming out of the draft. I read how many other teams really wanted a piece of him in the first round. They were jealous when Kyle snagged him up. Oh, I mean, I'll go back to this year at training camp out in Henderson. Me and Marcus Thompson, our guest coming up next, were, was watching Brandon Ayuk break off Raiders defensive backs. Like, when he runs routes, he almost looks like Steph Curry hitting you with a crossover. Like, his nice. footwork is just so, so slick. Love it, love it. All right, man, listen, leads us up to Marcus Thompson of The Athletic. We can talk to Marcus about anything. Talking about the 49ers, talk to him about, of course, the Warriors and Jordan Poole. Always a great conversation with Marcus. MT2 next on the Sports Leader. Debo. Whoa. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Title Transference aired October 27, 2004. Director James Marshall, writers Todd Slavkin, Darren Swimmer. I really like this episode, and I'm surprised that you don't like it as much as you thought you did. I actually respect your opinion more than I respect my own in general. <laughs> when you say things are good and I check them out, they are. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.